Hi everyone, welcome back to On Track, Off Course with Racing Welfare. I'm Lauren Braithwaite and I'm here again with my colleague Tina Scargill. Um, I hope you've been enjoying the series so far. Today we're talking to ITV racing presenter Francesca Kamani about her life in the media and a bit about being a woman in the industry. Who else are we joined by today, Tina? We're also going to hear from John Lawler, who is a stalwart of racing in Newmarket. He's 57 and he's going to be talking to us about the help that he's received through racing welfare. So he's received financial support, physical support, he's receiving counselling following the very tragic loss of his friend Paul to suicide and he was really, really keen to come and tell us his story. It was a really courageous thing for him to do actually to come in, wasn't it? And it was really great to hear about his relationship with Rachel, his welfare officer, which has obviously helped him a lot as well. Yeah, their their relationship's amazing and the fact that he has Rachel there to support him and it's really clear talking to him just how much she has helped him. And who else are we going to hear from with some top tips for our well-being? Our chaplain, uh, well, horse racing's national chaplain, Simon Bailey. We always love to hear from Simon. He does a lot to support families and retirees and young people in racing. And he's there on the end of the phone. He, he goes out to yards and he supports a lot of people through bereavement as well. And he goes to funerals to support families who have lost their loved ones. And again, the work he does is is incredible it really is yeah. so he's going to be giving us his top well-being tips yeah how's your week been as you pointed out last week I've broken my leg <laughs> yeah. falling down the stairs so in terms of well-being sleep's been a bit difficult for me at the moment yeah you're pretty and uncomfortable yeah but I think sleep seems to have been a topic in general that a lot of people have um, struggled with through lockdown I think maybe just heightened anxiety yeah absolutely I think something that went really well for my well-being is just having a really good catch-up with my best friend and while she's locked down in Liverpool and she's been locked down for a bit longer than oh. us it's just nice to catch up see her face and have a good laugh together she's a Liverpool fan and I'm an Everton fan so I think it might have been better for my well-being rather than her well-being at the moment. <laughs> um so how about you how's your week been yeah good thank you um I'm struggling a bit with not being able to get outside as much as I used to this time of year I know lots of people hate this time of year when the weather turns but for me a large part of my job before I was at Racing Welfare involved training point to pointers and we would just be coming into that jump season so the turn of the weather for me is normally a really good thing. That's a huge Uh, change going from training to being in in a a desk-based job. Yeah and um, I'm sort of feeling it a bit at this time of year so I've been trying to get outside even just with the dog or something like that to get a bit of fresh air the other thing I have rediscovered this week is my love of reading an actual book so I always try and read to fall asleep it helps me fall asleep but and um, I normally just read the on the kindle app on my phone and somebody lent me a book and I bought myself a really cheap reading light and to actually turn the actual page of a book has been (laughs) um what's the book Uh, it's called Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens it's a really good page turner so I will let you know yeah definitely do and now it's time to hear from today's guests so I hope you all enjoy 
Okay, so we're joined now by Francesca Camani, best known as a racing presenter on ITV Racing and Channel 10 in Australia. Francesca's steeped in racing history, daughter of Derby winning trainer Luca Kamani. Um, thanks for joining us, Francesca. Uh, thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Tina. It's good to be here. Hi, Francesca. Um, so you're a national TV presenter with a young family. How do you how do you do with balancing that? You know, do you have a work life balance? Do you manage to look after your own well being? Well, I'm sat in a room with two mothers. What have you got on? Three? How many have you got? Yeah, I've got one. You've got one, yeah, me too. So I think you guys all know and I think whatever industry you're in, whether you're on T V, whether you um I don't know, work in an office, whatever whatever you do, I think um as a mother, you have to find that balance, don't you? I think um especially these days that we're all brought up to be educated to be independent to have careers to want to have careers mm. so it comes at a funny time doesn't it you mm. probably just hitting your straps in your career and then suddenly you're like right I want to be a mother as well so then it's about trying to find that right balance between doing as much as you can work-wise and also being a good mother and I think um, I don't know about you guys but I find there's always an element of guilt which probably is a female thing oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely I'm working too much I'm not being a good enough mum or I'm doing so much with my child that I probably am letting things slip at work so I think we probably just need to learn not to beat ourselves up about it yeah it's definitely a female thing to do that the men don't seem to take that guilt on board quite so much do they don't get me started I can go on a bit of a feminist rant that's a bit of a dirty word I don't like the word feminist but um equality in the home there's definitely so much more that can still be improved on in just general life I think often it's deemed to be um yeah, a lot of the, the, the day-to-day tasks do fall to the women. Probably because we're better at it, let's face it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> That's a positive way of looking at it. Yeah. But, but I think we just take on, we have it all in our heads, sort of thinking about buying a birthday present for the oh, party yeah. they've got to go to or what they need for school the next week. And, 100%. and you're always thinking forward. And the amount of times I kind of turn up somewhere and I'm like, oh my God, completely forgot to do that or get that. or Yeah. Um, and how do you find it with ITV racing? Because obviously you do a lot of the weekend racing and you have a lot of form to study. So that takes up a lot of time. And then you're traveling at the weekends. How do you find that with being a mother? Because do you ever feel like... It's, you're away from him or yeah and since he started school he started in september mm. he's four uh, my little boy harry and um that has actually become a bit of a subject because it's like yeah he's at school every day of the week and then at the weekends i'm away this year we've done a lot of sunday racing as well which has made it harder again um i suppose the good thing is every evening because i don't do it nine to five during the week from three twenty onwards when i pick them up from school we can have the whole evening together mm. so i try and really make the most of that time I, I i really try and make sure that when it's harry time it's harry time and when it's work time it's work time i don't try and do both at the same time because i find yeah. those do both badly um form study there's a lot of cramming going on i've developed mm. a very good short-term <laughs> memory friday night <laughs> don't ask me what happened last week can't remember but um yeah friday uh during school time it's kind of when i get on my form, really study it intensely. I, I struggle, obviously, to, to keep up to date with things during the week. I can't sit there and watch racing mm. from all over the place every afternoon because it just takes up too much time. Do you take any time that isn't Harry time and isn't work time? Do you do anything That's interesting, else? isn't it? I mean, do you guys? Like, I think as women, <laughs> we do tend to put it at the bottom of the priority list, don't you? Yeah. It's like, right, Harry, right, work, right, the house, right, all the other admin things that you've got to do. 
and then eventually we think, okay, well, maybe if there's time, I'll carve out a bit of time to do something I want to do. And I actually have, of late, um, through my old ex-racehorse, Purple Moon, yeah. um, who I got out of retirement, actually during lockdown, because Harry got a pony, he found walking very boring, so I was doing a lot of running. It's <laughs> good for the old lockdown diet, but not uh, for, way not too much effort. <laughs> yeah. So I got the racehorse out of retirement, and actually, since I've been riding him again, I'm like, why did I ever stop? Like, yeah. as we get older, we forget the things that we really enjoy, and just going for a hack in the countryside on him makes me feel great, puts a smile on yeah. my face, and then probably actually makes me more productive and happier for the rest of the time. So it's really yeah. important to learn to carve out that bit of time for yourself. I think you forget that it actually does improve your productivity the rest of the time. You feel like you're too busy to do it, but yeah. actually it does help. 100%. And um, I remember reading somewhere that you called yourself an adrenaline junkie, yeah. and I guess you get that <laughs> buzz from presenting, but do you miss getting it in other ways, riding racehorses or...? Yeah, I think often you end up working in something that you're passionate about and then you go further away from the thing that got you into it in the first place. Yeah. Yes, riding out in the morning, race riding back in the day, loved it. And yes, I am an adrenaline junkie. And yes, live TV does actually give you that hit of adrenaline. But I try and find it in other ways, you know, even just going for a bike ride, going too fast or in the winter I love to try and escape and go skiing I, I like going um hunting and jumping big hedges and yeah it, it's about just trying to find find the kicks where you can do you think that getting that buzz that kick is beneficial to your general well-being do you need that buzz to so. make you feel alive yeah, well, they say you should do something yeah. every day that scares you to make you feel alive so yeah and actually even if it's not a physical thing if it's um interviewing someone that you're wary of or you know achieving something at work that you're nervous about or or whatever it is I think it's it's good to keep testing yourself how do you cope with being on on live tv what are the sort of stresses and pressures that it brings much better now I think having done so many days with ITV when you're doing it consistently week in week out I feel much more comfortable with it. When I started in Australia, it would almost be like I'd do it for a week in a year and then not for a whole year again. I, I remember having real like breathing issues and real like anxiety mm. about it because you're suddenly thrust into the limelight and you haven't done it for a year and there's a million eyeballs watching and there's a lot of pressure. Um, but actually it's kind of counterintuitive because the more relaxed you are, the more yourself you are, the more you can have a laugh with it the better it is. Do you find it harder to trust people being someone in the public eye? I find you actually kind of become public property in a way, mm. which is weird. Like mm. people think nothing of coming up to me and saying, oh, I, I like the outfit you wore at Goodwood, but oh, I hated the one at Ascot. You know, it was awful. God, I'm like, wow. Right, okay, thanks. <laughs> like if I said that to you, yeah. what would you think? <laughs> yeah. um, and obviously people like to like to talk and the, the the triple whammy of kind of being on TV, being in the racing industry, being in this area. Yeah, look, it, it, it happens. But um, I think as you get older, you learn to just live with it, do your thing, be happy with who you are and what you do. And yeah, that's on. so important, isn't it? Do you find if you're struggling with something personally, just like we all do, but you're so well known and everyone is perhaps talking about it or the papers are talking about it. Does that affect your confidence when you're presenting on screen? Or can you separate the two things? I don't think it has actually affected my confidence presenting on screen. Uh, and weirdly, I think short term, it does affect you 
but longer term it makes you grow I think adversity Mm -hmm. makes you grow makes you stronger makes you better at dealing with things so that's the that's the way I how do you go about sort of brushing it off though you know if if you read something about yourself and you think that's not true or that's an awful thing to say how do you brush that off do do you ruminate on it at all or Um, can you just sort of brush it off I think yeah we all have the tendency to dwell on things too much and I find sometimes you know I wake up at 2 30 in the morning my brain's Mm. going thinking of all sorts of different things um whether it's like have I locked the chickens up at night or (laughs) (laughs) or, why, why did I say that on tv or whatever but I think that actually all comes into a whole lifestyle balance um and there's things that we forget that are really important such as exercise like you sleep so much Mm. better if you do exercise I try and be disciplined and do 20 minutes of yoga before I go to bed because it makes me sleep better to have a hot bath and relax a little bit um but shaking things up I think actually I mean as you guys would know when you're busy you can't just go from one to the next I'd love to sit and have time to dwell on that but I don't so we'll just move on (laughs) is that the same as social media as well because people can be real really horrible on social media I don't really tend to delve too much into yeah. it I think social media has its positives but it also has its has its negatives I um I do a lot of well a bit of stuff on Instagram but it it's probably a bit um repetitive because it focuses more on the fashion side of things mm. because um in that sphere I'm very lucky to be lent things by brands and so it's a kind of um kind of deal that you have you a bit of exposure yeah um twitter i use a bit more for racing um opinions etc information um and i obviously use it as a new service to learn things uh but i think social media is really dangerous and it can give a really skewed perception of reality like you might do a show mm-hmm. um and you get a handful of people on twitter who say oh you know why do they do this i don't like that and then you kind of go oh gosh well maybe we shouldn't have done that but it doesn't reflect the overall feeling. There might have been like 80% of the yeah. people who, who loved it. Mm-hmm. And then a small uh, group of people take to Twitter to express an opinion. And everyone always has an agenda, don't they? They say yeah. things because they want to be heard or because they've got an axe to grind or attention. something. And I just think it's really dangerous. And I actually yeah. like this is getting a bit heavy. But even in terms of what we're going through at the moment with this pandemic, I, I honestly think that if it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, without social media and without the, 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 the size of news and newspapers and the ability for it to permeate throughout society, I feel like it would be de- dealing with a very different scenario. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting. We've been talking quite a lot about social media. I was telling Tina that I deleted all my social media for about six months and it was just the best thing I ever did and I've had starting a job in comms it's crept back in and as soon as I switched it back on it's just got more and more and more in my life it's so addictive especially Instagram it's all visuals yeah Yeah. oh I just have a little look and then Mm. you kind of go down the rabbit hole and you're spending hours wasting time looking at things and honestly I just find it really weird how the whole thing is people's kind of highlight reel People only oh, yeah. put on it's all the good things. stuff and we're all guilty of it yeah we? We just want to show oh look at me doing this isn't it great <laughs> how many likes can i get blah 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 but you're not ever gonna show look at us kind of having a <laughs> having a big family people. row yeah. Yeah. clear up the lego for the love of god <laughs> yeah. 
young people are a bit more like that though aren't they they tend to put if they're struggling and then they get abuse as well so you can't win either way can you um and how do you find being um a woman on camera in racing you've you've talked about it in the past in your interviews that perhaps you know ed chamberlain's background isn't racing whereas yours is but women tend to be focused on a little bit more if you ever make a slight mistake or well visually obviously we get more um focus you know a man mm. could wear the same suit every day of the year and no one would notice <laughs> yeah there's people it but again we're all guilty of it like three of us could sit here and watch a show on tv and be like oh I, I don't really like that skirt yeah why, why is she wearing that top without really thinking about but we do it it's just uh, yeah. nature, human nature um i think weirdly there's a still a bit of a um, bit of a what's the word? Bit of a thing whereby it's generally considered that for some reason men know more about a certain yeah, about... subject, about the breeding of a horse, or about the way it races, or about the industry, or something. And I try not to kind of let that bother me. I just work away and do my own thing. And um, I, I I like to kind of I'm I think probably a typical Capricorn. I'm like a real slow achiever. I do my own thing in racing, so I've got a few shares and horses in training. Um, I've got some brood mares both here in, and in Australia. I um, I have a few other projects on the go, which I really enjoy, but I don't tend to kind of blow the trumpet about them because mm. in a way, as long as I know they're going well and it's a success and I enjoy doing it, then I don't really need to force it down other people's throats. Um, so yeah, I feel as a woman, it's, it's and it's almost like you have to know double what a man knows about form and horses to pre for them to kind of think. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, she I think knows. a lot of women feel the same in different industries. They're like, well, I just have to work twice as hard mm. and prove myself twice as much. And look at look at Holly Doyle and look at the female jockeys mm. doing really well at the moment. They, I'm sure they work just as hard as men, but possibly harder, possibly have to prove themselves more. And I I think it's all about opportunity. I think it's very easy to say, oh, female jockeys aren't as good, or female trainers aren't as good, or female presenters maybe aren't as good. But it, until they're given the opportunity and given mm. the backing and given the support they need and the rise that they need or the quality of horses that they need or the platform that they need, you, you, can, you can never really know. And it's only now, thanks to the likes of Archie Watson with Holly Doll and Henry de Bonhead with Rachel Blackmore in Ireland, that these girls are actually being given an opportunity to show how good they are. It would be so great if they could both be champion jockey, Holly yeah. and Rachel. Just Imagine be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> be, it would be great. Hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Say more. I know. <laughs> he's so, I just heard enough about it quietly. And you know, he's a great guy. I get on with him really well. But um, he was with Holly at the weekend on Champions Day. It was like, oh, God. Tom, imagine, imagine being Tom having to go home after. <laughs> <laughs> Tom got his glory in the end know, as well. Exactly. He got the champion stakes, didn't he? So he's not right. Was yeah, AP exactly. one of the hardest for you to impress when you started? Or did you feel a pressure to impress I him? I try and feel like I need to impress people. Like I said, I kind of just go about my, my work and try not... To, I think the more you try and impress people, the it can be counterproductive mm. um i think obviously in the racing sphere when you're on the uh flap sorry in the jumps racing sphere when you're on the podium with ruby walsh and ap <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what can 
now bring to the party here. <laughs> but that's I, on the jumps. I I go more to the hosting role than the expert role, which I kind of do both on the flat. Um, and it's your job to get the best out of them. So mm. that's how I approach it. There. What would you say to a woman trying to make her way in the media side of the racing industry? Hmm. See, this is a funny one because I I wonder sometimes if I hadn't gone to Australia and if I hadn't been given an opportunity there and hadn't had the backing and support of a really good manager and a a channel that gave me a lot of help, I I don't know if I'd be doing this now. I think it's really hard to break into, especially in this country. Um, I think probably from my own experience, it's, it's... really know your stuff because on TV you get found out very quickly and as we know in racing there's a lot to know and there's a lot of pitfalls that you can fall into Um, so I'd say really know your stuff and I've never been brilliant at being my own PR machine in terms of making people like me and getting to the right places because I'm not I don't tend to I'm just not very good at saying the right thing to the right not pushy not pushy but not um try and let the whole schmoozing yeah (laughs) I won't do the talking um so maybe that that as I've learned as you get older that probably is quite important um but essentially I'd probably say really know your stuff yeah can we just have one piece of advice for well-being balance work hard play hard exercise eat well (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm just feeling the pressure to do all of those things (laughs) no but it's about incorporating into your daily thing like it's not that hard we all make excuses not to do things but it's um i'm not someone that goes to the gym for hours but i barely sit down so i kind of have a lifestyle without without going to the gym i think eating well is if you have the right approach to it it's actually not that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, getting outdoors, just you know, go and I go and pick up my son on his bike and have a have a walk, for example, or take the dog out and do something. I don't know. Just that kind of balance. Yeah, being outside yeah. really helps. Yeah, it? definitely. And um, back on purple moon. Back on George. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Francesca. No and worries. Lauren is now gonna hit you with our quick fair five. Ooh. Okay. So fill in the blank. I am happiest when. Having cuddles in the evening with Harry. When I'm feeling overwhelmed, I... Mm, it's a toss-up between have a gin and tonic or do some yoga. <laughs> Both. Both <laughs> My one top tip for looking after your well-being is... Get outside. And can you give us something, a book, a person, a film who's inspired you recently? There's a book called The Fountainhead that I read recently by Ayn Rand, Anne Rand, I think it is, which, I, which is great. I, I recommend that to a lot of people. And finally, can you give us a horse to follow? God, we're at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Flat season's ending and I haven't even looked at the national. <laughs> um, I was actually really impressed by a Philly two-year-old of Jane Chapel Hines that ran at Newmarket Joint Future Champions Weekend called Saffron Beach. Mm-hmm. I thought she was a lovely physique of a, of a filly and she won in really good style. So watch her going forward.
So we're joined now by John Lawler. John's 57 and has worked in the racing industry for most of his life. He initially contacted Racing Welfare back in 2018 for financial support. Um, and in June this year, John's best friend, Paul, died by suicide. And John's son, trainer Luke McJanet, contacted Racing Welfare on his behalf. Welfare officer Rachel has supported John over the phone throughout lockdown and has arranged counselling for him, which is due to start in the coming weeks. John has also struggled with his physical health and Racing Welfare are funding treatment for him to help ease chronic pain in his knees. Unable to work due to the physical pain, he recently received a COVID-19 grant and has had additional support from Rachel to navigate the benefit system. So John's joining us now to talk about his story. Thank you so much for joining us, John. You've been through a really tough time and we really appreciate you being here to talk to us. How are you doing, first of all? Better than I have been, you know, a lot better since I've been talking to Rachel and that, you know. So initially it was your son Luke who contacted Racing Welfare for you. Um, how have you found the support and how have Racing Welfare helped you? It's been very good, it's helped me out a lot and Rachel's just a lovely lady to talk to on the phone and well you've helped a lot with my legs and you know, you know, sending me to physio and that privately. Mm. and all that it's just really helped me and I'm getting out of my depression because after finding my friend I've been really down you very sadly lost your friend Paul to suicide only a few months ago so has it helped you to have Rachel it has helped me to talk to someone because I've you know, it's a bit embarrassing to talk to you know some people sometimes you'll find a lot of men at my age are a bit harder to it's only my son and, and this happened that's made me Mm. want help you know what mm. I mean? do you think people have become because you're going to be starting your counseling in a few weeks mm. do you think people in general are a lot more open about that support and the mental health support these days there is than when... there's a lot of people in racing that try to not let people you know they try to keep it to themselves don't they mm. people of our age you know i didn't like to used to talk about anything having that counseling that rachel's organized might make it easier to talk about those issues that you feel embarrassed talking to other Mm. people about perhaps having that private counselling will make a big difference well I I think it will feeling a lot better for all this help and has being around because you said you go into your son's yard almost every day so the horses have really the horses really helped me because yesterday when I spoke to you on the phone you were having a kiss and cuddle with (laughs) 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 and sometimes that can just you know. It does the world a good, honestly, just going to visit, you know, around the yard or going up the heath with my son. You've also had help with your physical health as well. Yeah. Your knees, so um, so you haven't been working for the last no, couple of years. No, nor have my knees been. <laughs> <laughs> and how has Rachel helped you? Just with support, and she got uh, me a, the physio, but a private one, She's got, they've got me for They've got me a private one to go every week, and it's great. And is that helping you to stay mobile and get out and about that it's physio helping, support? Yeah, it's helping my head as well, you know. Yeah. Because I know I'm going to get fitter again and hopefully riding again. That'll be, that'll be good to get back on a horse. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> so what advice would you give to someone 
who is struggling. To go and see the racing welfare and just tell them straight how you feel. We um, need people like you in racing and a lot of people don't realise that yous are here for us. Because mm. it took me ages to, to understand it. My oh, son absolutely. Made it, you know. Yeah, I think that's a really yeah. important point to make, that we are here for... To help ev- us. Yeah, and to help ev- and everyone. A lot of people don't really think, you know, Yeah. in racing, they don't. I think they find it quite hard to take that first initial step, yeah, step yeah. to... It might be a little bit of an embarrassment as well, they think, you know, yeah. you want to come and ask for money and things. But yeah, it's a lot of shame people yeah. feel completely unnecessarily about things like that. Well, thank you so much and we no, wish you all, you. We wish you all the best great. with we wish you all the best with your counselling and it'd be great if you ever want to come back and chat to us again to hear how you've got on I will come back and tell you how I feel because I know I've just got to get ahead now So now it's time for our five top tips with an expert and we're joined today by Simon Bailey who is horse racing's national chaplain And in that role, he provides emotional and spiritual support to anyone who works in racing, as well as retirees, dependents and carers. Thanks for joining us, Simon. Thanks, Lauren. Simon, so in lockdown, you've provided us with your top well-being tips via Zoom for all the racing welfare staff. And we all felt quite inspired. So we thought you'd be the, the man to serve up the top five well-being tips to help us with all the challenges that we're still facing through COVID. So if you want to fire away with your first yeah, top tip. Tina, thank you. Um, I'm glad I've been chosen as the expert. I'm not sure these are expert tips, but these are kind of things that have been been on my mind playing through these over the summer and the first one would be find out what your soul loves um not everybody does a job that we love we do a job to you know in a wage you know to pay those bills and um i think we've we've had a time over the past six months where we can just um sit back take stock Mm. and really find something that we enjoy to do and mm. and that would be my first tip would be just just find something that you love to do and go out and do it what is it that you love to do Simon I love sport I love sport so you can imagine in the lockdown that first bit of March April May when all sport kind of shut down that that, that was awful for me but um, it's that thing that makes you get up in the day you know that thing that you look forward to when you get up and I'd, I'd have to say I, I love my job I yeah. love being out and about. I love to meet. It's all about the relationships for me that, that you know I can build. Tip number two would be always bring your A game. Um, and I've kind of thought about that. It, you don't need to be perfect in everything you do. So you don't have to be perfect, but do your best each and every day. When you've got up, when you've found out what your soul loves, just do it to the best of your ability. Um, you know, and have pride in what you do as well. I think that's that's kind of key, and it helps in you know in life, you know, in work life and home life, if you just have a pride in what what you do. And tip number three, I've gone with ha- happiness as an inside job. Um, there's a lot of outside influences. I think that we can, over these months, we can turn on the news and we can let the news guide how we think and how we feel. Um, I think if we do that, it's never going to end well. So I'd always say that your outlook on life 
is down to you, what you tell yourself. I quite often say if I'm seeing anybody on a one-to-one, you've got to look at yourself every day and tell yourself you're awesome. And I think that's a key to you're the best person that can tell yourself you're awesome because not a lot of other folk might. Um, so, So if you can do that, I think it starts. And it's a sort of an appreciation for the small things in your life that aren't influenced by the outside world. Yeah. Yeah, you said that in your blog, actually, that you wrote for us for the Racing Welfare website, and it really resonated with me because I'm an Everton fan. (laughs) And um, Simon's shaking his head. I've got it in. I've managed to get it in at this moment in time. We are top of the league. Um, But I find myself springing out of bed listening to Spirit of the Blues on a Monday morning, and it really does affect you, you know, like how your team's doing, how your horses are running, how, you know, and and it's easy to get... Effect, be affected by that if if you're counting on your team or your horses to win um you know again it's not always going to end well because in life we win and we lose uh, moving on to number four failure is a signpost on the road to success and i was thinking about horse racing with this and um i think anybody who's ever race ridden um with a 20% win, you know, ratio, um, which I think is quite good. You know, I think even if you've got a 10% win ratio, that that would be fantastic. (laughs) But in that, you win one one out of every 10 or you win two out of every 10. And um, we tend to ignore the eight that we lose. And I think that's what's so good with these guys that, you know, race. Um, They kind of ignore the eight, but they don't ignore them. I think they learn from it. And I think with that, each and every day, it's a bit linked to bring your A game, I guess. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to win every day. Um, but if you learn from those times that you lose mm. and don't stop and don't give up, um, I think that's key to what will come. Um, and that, so. that sort of ties into not being dragged down by outside influences as well, doesn't it? Because if somebody else is doing particularly well, that's not something that you can control. You can only control learning from your own mistakes and yep. what you can do. Yep. And you should be focusing on yourself rather than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And it's not just sport, it's life as well. We're, we're not in control of what others do, are mm. we? we? We can only do what we can do best. And uh, so if you've lost six or seven times or eight times, that win could just be around the corner. So, um you know, it's only a signpost on the road to success, so mm. don't don't give in. And your fifth and final pointer for us? I think around the mental health side of life and what we've spoken about over the last few months, um, again, and this has been a key message from us as a racing welfare team, is, um, and it, it's down to the individual, is if you need help, you've got to ask for help. Um, mm-hmm. don't assume that somebody will see that you need help that you want help you've, you, you're the first person that really has to you know ask exactly and so if someone's listening now and they'd like to talk to you and have a chat with you if they're struggling what's the best way for them to get in touch and how do they do that yeah so there's a chaplaincy webpage on the racing welfare webpage 
So go to that. That's got my phone number. That's got my email address. Um, do that. Can I give my number out online? On live now. If you'd now? like to. So my, my my personal phone number is oh seven eight seven seven nine eight one four nine eight. Please just phone because it it is the first it is the first step. Mm. You know, to asking somebody for help, no matter if it seems the tiniest thing, no matter how small or large. Um, it's never worth trying to keep it to yourself. Massive thank you to all our guests for today. It was a really interesting episode, wasn't it, Tina? Yeah, it really was. And it was interesting to hear from Francesca Kamani talking about being a working mother and all the guilt that comes with it. Yeah. Because we've all experienced that as mothers. And... Um, Obviously, the Women in Racing report came out recently as well, highlighting those issues, didn't it? Yeah, it's a a really interesting read, um, and there's a lot to take out from it, isn't there, that report? Yeah, I think just opening up that communication between employers and staff and allowing women to have somebody to talk to. It's going to be worth everyone's while because the report says that 70% 70% is it of yeah of the workforce is yeah. women and um so it's going to be to the benefit of everyone to work on helping families in yeah. the industry I think it was also um really I don't know if interesting or worrying is the right word <laughs> um to hear someone even at Francesca's level in the sport to still be feeling like you have to as a woman, no more, work twice as hard mm. um, and not rock the boat too much. Um, and I guess probably you and I still feel a bit like that. Even working in an organisation which is predominantly women mm. is something that's sort of in our subconscious still to react that way. Yeah, I think that feeling of if, you know, Francesca saying that if she makes a mistake she gets crucified for it or she'll lie awake in bed at night at 2.30 in the morning thinking about it. I think there is a lot more pressure on women to get things right and to not make mistakes and to know more. And I think all three of us at the end of that um, conversation we had were feeling a bit like, oh gosh, were we too feminist about it? Is that Mm. still, like, and that it's still not okay to have that open conversation um yeah so I'm still feeling a little bit guarded about what we were saying yeah i really hope the women in racing report starts that change in opinions let's hope so we also want to say a big thank you to john lawler for joining us today don't we because i'm really looking forward to actually hearing from him again once he's had some counseling to see how that's helped him yeah, and for him to want to come back and chat to us is amazing, so we can't wait to have him back, can we? Yeah. And of course, thanks to Simon for being as inspirational as always. Yeah, we always love hearing from Simon. Even though he's a Stoke City fan, we all forgive him for that one. <laughs> if anyone in racing or breeding or those retired from racing have been affected by any of today's issues, you can call us on 0800 6300. 443 or you can visit the racing welfare website at racingwelfare.co.uk and and visit the advice pages yeah and i'll as always put that in the show notes and i will include a link to the women in racing report as well in case you'd like to take a look at that 
Um, next week's our trainer special. Yeah, I can't wait for this one. Yeah, it's going to be really good. So look after yourselves this week and we'll see you next time. See you then. <laughs>